Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. kind of funny when I sat down to write this sermon I realized that I almost never have preached on love because this is normally the week as a settled minister that I take vacation. (laughs) So I sat down and I started reading and I, I remembered years and years ago and it made me laugh with all the wisdom of a couple of 19 year olds I was sitting with a friend and We were having a deep and meaningful discussion about a couple of folks that I was quite interested in. And we went back and forth and back and forth, and we were debating and we were analyzing. And at long last, her grandmother, who had been wandering in and out of the room where we were sitting there in deep discussion, put her hands on her hips and she said, oh my God, kid, love ain't pie. What? She said, you're trying to figure out, can you give a little bit here and a little bit there, and what's going to happen when you run out of it? She said, honey, love ain't pie. Stop trying to figure out how you're going to give it out till you run out. It took me years to really internalize that idea. Love isn't pie. I used to smile because I I loved folk music and then I loved the British invasion. And so much of that was wrapped around the idea of love and loving people. In the early 60s, the Beatles told us all we need is love. All we need is love. And that really hit a chord for an amazing number of listeners. Maybe you were some of them. It was generations of complex theology spelled out in words that people got or thought they got anyway, because let's face it, some of us also got meaning from I am the walrus. (laughs) It was a weird decade. (laughs) But the Beatles told us essentially there was nothing that we could create through work or writing or singing or speaking or building that could not be duplicated by someone else. Anything we can do can be done again, but the one thing that we can do is to love. We can learn to be ourselves and to love that self and to love the other selves around us. No one can duplicate that. Now, we understand this is speaking very broadly. No one but the Beatles could have written that song, but they could have written similar songs. When it's time for something historically, it tends to develop in multiple places. We know that, but they're not identical. But we're talking about love. So what is love? What is it? We throw the word around all the time. As a child, the first love we're supposed to know is the love of a parent or parents or caregiver. This is a mad, wild, crazy love in most cases, a love that doesn't stop to listen to reason. It's almost unshakable and almost unbreakable. As a parent, the love for your child, it's a biochemical and an emotional response. 
says, I want you to be safe and happy, to be the best you possible, to know joy, to know safety. The parent feels their heart swell and they know that they want to be a better person just so they can be a better parent. Many parents claim that if needed, they would die for their child without question. This is the love that's supposed to teach us to feel safe in a relationship, to know what it means to be treasured just as we are, even when we screw up, even when we're messy and sticky and smelly. Does it always happen? No. No, lots of parents don't get this right. Lots of children don't get this wild, crazy love. That's okay. We make it. But this is the love that tells us how to be treasured. This is the peace that teaches us how to accept someone caring about us in all of our imperfection. And this love absolutely isn't pie. For a while, it is three whole meals a day of walks and feedings, diaper changes, and elementary school. But by the time the child's a young adult, it has become a steady flow of nutrition for the heart and soul that exists to be added onto. And as adults, there is so much adding that we do. I love this quote. According to Rabbi Rachel Timoner, we learn to care by practicing. We all want, more than anything, to be loved. This is not, as Abram Tversky teaches, fish love, where you say, I love fish, and what you mean is, fish tastes good to you. So you took it out of the water, killed it, boiled it, and ate it. People fall in love, he says, because they think this person will give me what I need. Well, this is not love. Adult love isn't just giving and it isn't just taking. It isn't about being completed by someone. I don't know, but if you all are like me, somewhere along the line, one of your friends said to you, oh, I just love him, her, it, it completes me. I found my soulmate. I am incomplete without them. It doesn't work that way. You aren't incomplete. And love isn't sex. Now, don't get me wrong. Sex is amazing when done well and pretty darn nice when done badly. (laughs) (laughs) But sex can be anything from a form of physical exercise, utterly mindless and devoid of emotion, to a deep bonding experience between people, and everything in between. You can have love without sex. You can have sex without love. People fall along the whole spectrum. A dear friend of mine said he knew he was in love when he felt safe enough with his partner to share his non-politically correct thoughts with them and to hear theirs in return, and he felt safe with that. That he could say something he knew would not be accepted and talk that through with her. What is adult romantic love? Love is the person who makes you feel the most you while calling out the best you. It's the person or people you might die for, but that you definitely want to live for. 
And that love isn't pie either. You don't give away slices of love until it's gone. It's okay to still love your ex-partner whose habits you could not live with and to love your husband or wife or partner and to love your best friend. And all of those loves can be deep and meaningful and real. You don't stop loving this one just because you start loving this one. Different forms of love, maybe. But my question, once I understood that love grows the more you give it away, is that how do we go about loving our neighbor? Because we all know a whole bunch of religions suggest that that is an important thing to do, including our own. Selfless love of the other. How do we stand in relation to one another? Why love them with all of the depth of caring that that word implies? One of the best pieces, other than Mr. Rogers, that I ever found to explain who your neighbor is and why you love them is a marvelous piece called Meeting God. And I'm going to do part of it as quickly as I can here, trying to be respectful of your time. It says, you were on your way home when you died. It was a car accident. Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal. You left a spouse and two children. It was a painless death. They tried to save you. Uh, You're better off, trust me. And that's when you met me. Wait, what happened, you ask? Where am I? You died, I said, matter-of-factly. No point mincing words. There was a, a, a truck and skidding. Yep, I said. I died, yeah, but don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies, I said. You looked around, there was nothing, just you and me. What is this place, you ask? Is it the afterlife? Eh, More or less, I said. Are you God, you ask? Yeah, sure, I'm God. (laughs) My kids, my wife, what about them? Will they be all right? That's what I like to see. I said, you just died and your main concern is your family. That's good stuff right there. And you looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I looked like some person, some vague authority figure. Grammar school teacher? (laughs) Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect. They didn't have time to grow to have contempt for you. (laughs) To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation, your spouse will feel very guilty about being relieved. Okay, you said, so what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Nah, you'll be reincarnated. Ah, so the Hindus were right. Eh, all the religions are right. Walk with me. Where are we going? Eh, nowhere. It's just nice to walk. So what's the point, you ask? When I get reborn, I'll be a blank slate, a baby. Everything I did won't matter. Oh, no, you'll have it all within you. You just won't remember them right now. I stopped walking and took you by your shoulders, and I said, your soul is more magnificent, beautiful, and gigantic than you can possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your finger into a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself into the vessel, and when you bring it back out, you've gained all the experience it had. You've been a human for 34 years, so you haven't stretched out yet and felt the rest of your consciousness. If we hung out here long, you'd be remembering everything, but there's no point doing that between each life. How many times have I been reincarnated? Oh, lots. Lots of different lives. This time you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. (laughs) What? You're sending me back in time? 
Well, I guess time only exists in your universe. Where I'm from, things are different. Well, where are you from? Oh, sure, I, I come from somewhere else. There's others like me. I, I mean, I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but honestly, you wouldn't understand. Oh, you said, a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to other places in time, could I have interacted with myself? Oh, yeah, sure. Happens all the time. You don't even know what's happening. Then what's the point? Seriously, you're asking me the meaning of life? Isn't that stereotypical? <laughs> it's reasonable. All right, the meaning of life. The reason I made this whole universe is for you to mature. You mean mankind, right? No, you, just you. I made this whole universe for you. With each life, you get more and more mature and make a greater and greater attempt at intellect. What about everyone else? There is no one else in this universe. There's just you and me, but all the people on the earth, what about them? They're all you. They're just different incarnations of you. Wait, I'm everyone? Now you get it. I'm every human? Yeah. Whoever lived? Yeah. I'm Abraham Lincoln? And you're John Wilkes Booth. I'm Hitler. And you're the millions. I'm Jesus. And you're everyone who followed him. You're getting it now. Every time you victimize someone, I said you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've done to yourself, every happy and sad moment ever experienced was or will be experienced by you. Why, you ask me, why do this? Because someday, I said, you'll be like me. You're one of my kind. Whoa, you mean I'm God? Not yet, you're a fetus. You're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout all time, you will have grown enough to be born. So the whole universe is just, it's an egg. And now it's time for you to move on to your life. And I sent you on your way. What an amazing, amazing view of our interdependent web. The Beatles would have loved it because I am he as you are he and you are me and we are all together. Why do we love our neighbor? Because they're us. How do we love them? We be present. We be there with them. We do what wouldn't hurt us to have done to us. The Beatles got it right. Come together. I am you and you are me. And all you need is love. Be present with your whole self. Accept the other people purely as they are. Take joy that you and another human are in proximity, that you can see their reality. Experience your neighbor as they are, even if it doesn't coincide with your own reality. That's the beginning of love. If you're truly present, it becomes much easier to take the next step, to stop insisting that you come first, that you are the only main character. Love isn't pie. There's enough to go around, and you can never just use up all of yours. If I am you and you are me and we are all together, there's no shame or pain in doing it, whatever it is, my way or your way. You're me, I'm you, and the best way is ours, no matter which head the idea swam into first. 
be present, recognize that sometimes others need to come first. That's where love starts. And after all, love is all you need, right? Amen.